you this morning. Turn with me to the Old Testament. We're going to be in the book of Daniel, book of Daniel chapter 6 this morning. Just a reminder also, this Wednesday night, there won't be any Wednesday night Bible studies here at the church. We're dismissing those this week and hoping that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving week with friends and family. And uh, if you're like our family, we've, all, we've already started celebrating. I, I put on about five pounds yesterday, I think, and cooking snacks and goodies, and it's my favorite time of the year. As we enter into this time of the year, this season that we call Thanksgiving, why don't you just turn to the person that sat beside you this morning and say, you are so blessed to be sitting by me. <clears throat> sitting, to be sitting by Papa. Uh, Sometimes we just have to give people a reason to be grateful, don't we? And so, uh, for those of you that have turned to Daniel chapter 6, or familiar with Daniel chapter 6, you know that this is where we find one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. The story of Daniel in the lion's den. If you've been in church uh, all your life, or maybe even part of your life, you're familiar with the story. We learned it in Sunday school as little bitty kids. You've probably heard lots of sermons and uh, lots of teachers teach uh, about this story. It's a story about God and how mighty He is and how He can save us from the worst uh, that this world can throw at us and uh, how He can rescue us from uh, dangerous situations. It's a story of great faith. Uh, it's a story of boldness uh, as you read the story of Daniel and Daniel in the lion's den. But today what I want to do is, is I want to focus on uh, one thing in particular that I believe uh, is often overlooked in this story, a part of this story that, that maybe we just kind of skip right through or don't pay much attention to. And for the sake of time this morning, I'm not going to read this entire story to you, but I uh, encourage you to do that when you get home maybe this afternoon. Uh, it, it's a great story, but, but I just want to kind of give you the context of what's going on uh, in our text today. There was a, a new king. Uh, that was in place by the name of Darius. And he had made a law. And this law that he had signed to go into effect and go into order was basically a law saying that no one could worship or bow down to anyone or anything other than the king for a 30-day period. Okay, and it really wasn't Darius that came up with this crazy notion. It was some other people uh, that were scattered around the leadership of the, the government at the time that basically had become jealous of Daniel because Daniel was kind of rising up in society. He was becoming successful. He was uh, uh, getting promotions throughout the government or perhaps maybe more like a cabinet position. Uh, to the king there and, and he was about to receive a promotion that would more than likely put him over all of the kingdom and, and be in charge there. And so they became jealous of Daniel and so they tried to figure out a way to kind of trap Daniel or get him put in a situation uh, to where he wouldn't be so highly favored by the new king. And so they go to the king and say, King, don't you think it'd be a great idea if we just put this law into effect that says no one could bow to anyone except you for, for just a 30-day period? 
And so the king says, hey, you know, it's no harm, no foul. Sounds like a pretty good idea to me just for 30 days. And so he signs this law and, and, and puts it into effect. And, and so uh, knowing that, we know from the story and the background and the history, we know that Daniel is, is pretty bold. Uh, Daniel is fearless because he knows uh, who his God is and, and that God will protect him. And at this time, again, he's currently serving in this high position, about to be promoted. But when the king made this law, and he put this law into effect that no one could bow to anyone or any other God other than the king, well, that's where Daniel had to draw a line. Right? That's where Daniel had to make a decision. It's where Daniel had to make a choice in his life. And don't miss what Daniel does here. As he finds out that this law has gone into effect, and he finds out that if he is caught bowing before his God, that he will be killed. I want you to look at what Daniel does starting at verse number 10 there in chapter 6. It says, But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed... What did he do? He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its window open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day. And here's the key to this. Don't miss this this morning. Just as he had always done giving thanks to his God. Now, giving thanks to his God as he had always done. Daniel was fearless. Daniel was bold. Where do you think he got that from? Where do you think that came from in his life? Where, where do you think this attitude uh, of gratitude, this thankfulness came from? It says he was giving thanks to his God just as he had always done. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm reading Scripture, and I've shared this with you before, when I'm reading Scripture or studying, I often like to place myself in the shoes of the person that I'm reading about. Right? I like to put myself in their situation and go, Steve, what would you do if you were put in a situation like this? How would, how you, how would you respond? And I look at what's going on here. And, and honestly, think about it. You know, Daniel is experiencing great success. He's experiencing blessing in his life. Things going his way. He's about to receive a promotion. I mean, everything's just going great. He's a rising star uh, in his position. But then what happens? Curveball. We've been talking about those the last several weeks, right? In life, life will throw you curveballs. Here comes Daniel's curveball. His boss comes up with this crazy notion that no one can bow to anyone except him, and if they do, they will be killed. And I have to honestly ask myself, when I put myself in Daniel's shoes, right, what would we do in a situation like that? I mean, what would our response be? What would we do? I, I, I think the easiest thing to do, if, if just being honest, is we look at it and go, you know, if that were me, it's just for 30 days. I mean, we can endure a lot for 30 days or, or, or maybe, you know, slip back and hide behind the scenes for a little while. You know what I'll do? I'll be thankful to God and I'll pray to God and I'll worship God in my heart, right? Because... 
God will know that I'm doing that, and so that'd be okay. For 30 days, just for 30 days, would it? You know, and, and, or, or maybe some of us would, would start planning, or maybe, maybe some, of, some of us would, would be so offended that this had taken place that we began this really awesome, widespreading Facebook campaign to tell everyone how offended we are. Right? And to devise a plan to overthrow that wing of the government because they're, they're just out of control and they've lost their minds and they've been getting, given too many Twitter characters and, and, and so forth. Right? I mean, there's, there's probably a lot of options. We have more options today than Daniel probably had. He didn't have Twitter or Facebook. But I'm sure there were a lot of options that probably came to Daniel's mind when he heard about this and, and he thought about this. And, 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 you know, he could have chosen a lot of different things. But I believe it's really important important to notice what Daniel did do. All right? What, is, what, he does, what does he do here? He doesn't start planning. All right? He doesn't, he doesn't get offended. He doesn't start a Facebook campaign. He doesn't start scheming. He doesn't start fretting. He doesn't start worrying. What does Daniel do? He starts praising his God just like he has always done. See, he knows the source of his strength. He knows the source of his power. He knows the source of his hope. He knows the source of his joy. And so he goes back to doing what he had always done, even on the mountaintops, even in the good times, even in the success. He does what he has always done. And he gives thanks to his God. And so let's just be honest. That's a hard thing for us to do when things aren't going our way, isn't it? It's pretty easy when we're making progress, when we're having success, when we're experiencing great blessings in our life. But then the curveball comes, a situation comes, a circumstance comes, and it's a little bit more difficult for us to give thanks and, and, and give praise. And so I can't think of a better time than this week of Thanksgiving for us to think about and to focus on giving thanks to your God. Giving thanks to our God because I believe that we all want to be great followers of God. Am I right? I mean, wouldn't we all kind of like to be like Daniel? When we're dead and gone, wouldn't you like someone to have written about you, how bold you were and how, how, what a great follower of God you were and what a difference you'd made for God to build the kingdom and do all these things? I, I believe that we all uh, want to be the best that we can be in building the kingdom and doing God's work. And the thing that sets Daniel apart here as a great man of God isn't just his courage that he can muster up within himself during tough times and difficult circumstances of life. It was his sense of gratitude. All right? It was in every moment and every circumstance of his life, he praised God and he thanked God just as he always had done. Right? He gave thanks to his God just like he was in the habit of doing. He was praising him when he was getting a promotion and he was praising him when it looked like he was about to lose his life. It did not alter his praise. It did not alter his heart of gratitude toward God. And here's something that, that really challenges me about what we uh, see Daniel doing and it's this. He did it openly. All right? He didn't just do it in his heart. You know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, I, I worship God in my heart. You know, I have my own special place. I, I think David, Daniel gives us a great example here that our worship is to be public. Our worship is to be open uh, of our Lord and Savior. Daniel's praise and his thankfulness wasn't just something that he did behind closed doors. 
It wasn't something that he just did in his heart. Daniel did it in the open. He did it out in the public. And I don't know, you know, again, put yourself in his shoes. Maybe I would have done it where he did it, but I don't know that I'd open the window for everybody to see. I mean, right? Would you? <laughs> I don't know, you know. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you're grateful and you know it, tell your face. Are y'all mad at me? Have I done something? Because y'all look like you're mad. Honestly, should Christians of all people not be the ones doing this? Christians of all people, there ought to be something different about us. We're supposed to be peculiar. We're supposed to be different. We've got something this world does not have. And it changes who we are. It changes what we do. And it changes our destination. And so we, we should be different. The world should see that we are different. As we live in God's mercy. As we live in the goodness of what Jesus has done for every single one of us, thanksgiving and praise should be overflowing out of our hearts up in, onto our lips. <laughs> It should just be the overflow of our hearts. And when we go through a rough patch or we go through a bad situation or a horrible circumstance, we, as followers of Jesus, have a promise. We have, we have multiple promises, but we have the promise and assurance that whatever it is that we may be going through, Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, whatever the temptation, whatever it may be, that is not our final destination. And sometimes we, we start living our lives like it is, like it's the end result. It's not our final destination, and the world needs to see that, and the world needs to hear that. Now, Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. I think there's a better translation to that in the culture that we live in today. Out of the overflow of the heart, the fingers tweet. It's true. You know, it's true. Right? In a world where we live, uh, we live in a world where everyone is offended. And social media today is filled with complaints, it's filled with arguments, it's filled with negativity, it's filled with I'm right, you're wrong, it's filled with all these things. And if we call ourselves a Christian, if we call ourselves a follower of God, our social media should not look like everybody else's social media. Whatever that is, Frank said, he ain't got none of that. He's still using the party line at his house. <laughs> Listening in to them old woman gossip that called themselves Christians. Same, Frank, same. <clears throat> we should be different. We've been set apart. Because when we're, when we're participating in the things that everybody else participates in, and I am speaking specifically towards social media and the attitudes and, and the things that we see on display out there, you know, what are we saying to the rest of the world when they see this stuff coming from people of the church? You know, what, what is it saying to the rest of the world about the victory that we're, we've been, we tell them when they come to church that they can have through Jesus Christ, but then we are displaying such a defeated life 
on our Facebook and our Twitter and our Instagram and all these things. Daniel is simply showing us here this morning, we must be thankful people. We must be people of praise. We must be people of gratitude. And we ought to do that publicly. And we ought to do that openly. Right? Now, for those of you that have been around here a few years, uh, you may remember that I did a sermon several years back. Uh, and I showed a video clip from an Oprah Winfrey show. And it offended some of you, but hopefully you're over that by now. But anyway, it was a video clip, and some of you that may not have been here, you may remember it, but there was a show that she did, and I think it may have been around Christmas time, uh, several years ago, but she gave everyone in the audience a new car. Y'all remember that? And she was going, you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car, right? And, and, and as you watch that, you begin to watch people lose their stinking minds, right? I mean, they went crazy. The place went crazy. I remember, you know, that, that, that some of them were, were screaming and yelling. Some of them were crying. There were some of them that literally fell to their knees over this new car. And, and, and as you think about it, that was probably 10 years ago when that happened. Majority of those cars now, probably wrecked. You know, they're probably broke down. They were GMs. They got something wrong with them, you know. <laughs> I just offended somebody else. Tweet about it. I dare you. I like it when I get home. I love it sometimes when some of y'all tweet stuff that's not appropriate or put stuff on Facebook that's not appropriate. I just go like it just for meanness. Just go, oh, the preacher saw that, you know. So be thinking about who's watching your Facebook. I'll be blocked by everybody in the church now, but... That'd be better for me. <laughs> but you know, I thought if people can lose their minds to that degree over a car, <laughs> we as Christians and followers of Jesus should not be ashamed of the gift that he's given us. <laughs> we ought to publicly and openly lose our minds, right? The world ought to see, the world ought to know that every single day that we wake up, there's a new and there's a fresh deposit of mercy in our account every day when we get up. We don't deserve it. We don't even realize it's been put there. It's kind of like we were talking about direct deposit a week or so ago. You know, it just becomes habit. and We just expect it to show up every time it's time to show up. Well, that's exactly what happens every single morning. There's a new deposit of His mercy that's made in our accounts every single day in our lives. God's people ought to be more thankful for God's grace than anything else in this world because He didn't have to save you, but He did. Right? He, he didn't have to call you, but He called you. He, he didn't have to sustain you through whatever it was that you went through, but He sustained you. Here's what's even better than that. He looked beyond my faults and he saw my needs <laughs> and he met me there. He looked beyond your faults, saw your needs, and he met you there. And so I should thank him for everything that has ever happened to me and everything that hasn't happened to me. <laughs> I should... Of all people, God's people, all of us should be openly thankful and openly praising 
and people of praise. Daniel was thankful, just like he had always been. And when the bad news hit, when the curveball came, the first thing he did was keep praising his God, just as he had always done. I, I don't know about you, but I want to be more like Daniel and be more thankful openly. Because here's why. Giving thanks to your God will bring joy. How many would not? How many of you would like to have a little more joy in your life? I'll take yours. Okay? Sign me up for that. Sign me up for more joy. I mean, who doesn't want more joy in their life? Who doesn't want more joy in their family? <laughs> and, and I believe that God wants His church to be recognized for their joy. Call me wrong, but I just think we should be the happiest people alive. I think God wants His bride to be known as someone that's happy and someone that has joy in their life. And our church over the years has experienced uh, tremendous blessings from God. We have been so blessed. But I'm going to tell you, you know as well as I do what goes hand in hand with great blessings and it's great struggles. It seems that it's always the battle with Goliath before the victory has been won. Right? It always seems to be a struggle before we get to the, the mountaintop. mountaintop. It seems like we always have to face uh, Goliath in order to experience the victories that God has for us later. It just, it just seems to be that way. And if, if we're all honest, some days we get weary from battling the giants, do we not? Some days we get tired. Some days it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to look at people and, and, and think bad of them and, and, and to just be weary from battling all the time. And sometimes we can find ourselves in a place like that where we, we, we get in a place to where we've stopped looking around at all the blessings He surrounded us with. We're so focused on the battle. We're so focused on the task at hand that we're losing sight of all that He's done for us in the past, all that He's doing for us right now, and all that He has promised for us in the days ahead. And we allow our circumstances and our situations at times to rob us of the joy that God God has promised us to rob us of the joy and the peace and the happiness that, that, that He wants us to have in every moment of every day. He wants us to experience that. But here, here's what we do, or here's what I do. Some of you are so much better than me. But someone, like, like someone offends me, or someone does something that, that hurts my feelings, or, or whatever it may be, and, and you know what I do with that? I play that over in my mind over and over and over. And the more that replays in my mind, you know what it does? The more the joy it robs from my life. The more I replay that offense in my head, the unhappier I become. The more grumpy I become. <laughs> you can ask my wife. I've uh, been replaying something this week, evidently. But anyway, but, but that's what we do. We just replay it over and over and over uh, in, in our minds. And so what God is trying to teach me, and maybe this will help you as well, what we need to be playing over and over and over in our minds is how God good is. And how God has brought us to wherever it is we are today. And that God has promised me that whatever it is that I'm going to face today, that He's going to be with me. He will never leave me and He will never forsake me. He'll be there yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And He's the same in every one of those. We've been talking about that. And so uh, maybe instead of replaying how we've been offended or replaying what the worst possible end result might be, we just replay over in our mind how good God is. He's a good God. He puts 
new deposit of mercy in my account every single day. And stand on his promises. Listen, I'm preaching to myself right at the moment. How about we stand on his promises and not others' opinions? Maybe. That might give us a little more joy. A little more happiness in our lives. And as we focus on his promises... And His goodness with thanksgiving and praise in our hearts and our minds and openly on our lips. We'll just naturally be people of joy. We just naturally will. And listen, my intent today is, is not just to somehow, you know, bring you a message that will coast us into, you know, Thanksgiving season. And, and just to, you know, try to persuade you this week because it's thanksgiving to just look at the sunny side of life and be more optimistic okay that, that's not the point today it, it's about this important need that i believe we all have to recognize and it's this we have a hope today that this world does not have okay we have a hope beyond all hope and our thankfulness to our god is greater than your circumstance your praise is greater than your problem Alright? And, and so I want you to look at how the psalmist says it in Psalm 69, uh, verse 30 and 31. I love this. He says, I will praise God's name in song and glorify Him with thanksgiving. Now, do you see this? He says, uh, this jumped, uh, jumped out to me years ago and, and I've underlined it in my Bible. He says, I will praise. I will. He doesn't say, I will when I feel like it. Right? He doesn't say when I feel like praising or when I'm with this certain group of people I will praise or when I'm in my small group I'll be thankful. Right? He says I will praise and be thankful. He's echoing exactly what we see Daniel doing in his story. Right? And I would argue today that there are basically two times when we should be praising God. When you feel like it and when you don't. <laughs> right? That's the only two times I believe that we need to be thankful. It's when we feel like it and when we don't. The psalmist goes on to say here, this will please the Lord more than an ox. <laughs> well, just about anything would please me more than an ox, you know? <laughs> more than a bull with its horns and hooves. So what's he saying here? Well, basically, he's saying this. There is nothing more important in your life than praise and thanksgiving. That's what he's saying. There's nothing more important. Our praise and thanksgiving means more to our God than anything else that we could ever offer or anything else that we would try to bring him. It, it means more to him. Don't miss this. This is in the Old Testament, okay? And in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, what they had to have to do? They had to sacrifice animals. They literally had to kill them, drain the blood out of them. It was a, a, a bloody, stinky, nasty, messy process that they had to go through to make an atonement for their sins, a sacrifice to God. And so what we need to realize and what we need to understand is what the blood from those bulls, what the blood from those ox, the oxen, the blood from those lambs, what that blood couldn't do, the blood of Jesus Christ did once and for all when he said it was finished. It was done away with. Aren't you grateful for that? 
Aren't you thankful for that? When we consider God's grace and God's mercy, how can we help but to extend our praise and our thanks and our worship to Him? From the overflow of our hearts, our mouth will speak. But I wonder sometimes if we don't forget, if we don't take it for granted, like the direct deposit of mercy that we get new in our accounts every day, I wonder if sometimes we don't forget, and maybe honestly it's because we're not smelling the blood of the bulls, and we're not smelling the blood of the goats, and we're not hearing the sounds of the animals' cries as we plunge a knife into their hearts to sacrifice them for our sins, and so we forget. Maybe, heaven help us, we've just been in church so long that we just take it for granted anymore. It's just what we do. Every day that we don't have to sacrifice an innocent animal on an altar should be a reminder to us of how grateful we should be for the ultimate sacrifice that was made for our sins. It was through the sacrifice of the Lamb of God that took away all of our sins. And for that, we will praise His name in song and glorify Him with thanksgiving. We sang about it earlier. I think you experienced a little bit of what the throne room is going to be like a while ago when Joe Beth was singing that. We've been studying Revelation on Wednesday night. And for those of you that don't come to church on Wednesday night, I'm going to just tell you, it's been awesome and you just missed it. But, but we've been looking at what the throne room is is going to be like in heaven and let me tell you something it's not going to be a quiet place where we worship in our heart you read chapter 4 and you read chapter 5 it's going to be loud there louder than anything Chase can do through that sound system that he's got back there it's going to be loud it's going to be people all over the heavens all over the earth and under the sea Frank, everywhere they're going to be everywhere aren't they and they're going to be praising God and it's going to be this unbelievable place of praise we, we should just be getting ready for that practicing and, and preparing. And so, you know, this week I, I'm praying that God would do a fresh work in your life. I'm praying that God would do a fresh work in, in your family. I'm praying that God would do something new through His Spirit in our church, that we will be people who are thankful. We will be people who are grateful. We will be people who will worship and be thankful publicly and openly and be joyful. I'm just praying that God would just rattle our cages this week. Not just because it's Thanksgiving, but just because God is God, right? I'm sweating. As I was going through this and I was thinking I was, you know, the, the blood, the whole sacrifice thing. You know, I, the, the song came to my mind. We used to sing it uh, a lot and uh, it's in the hymn book and it's an awesome song. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Because sin had left a crimson stain. And he washed it. White as snow. We should be grateful. We should be people of praise and thanksgiving to our God. But I know I talk to a lot of people every single week that are going through stuff. They're going through situations in their families, health, relationships, all kinds of things that are tough. 
And there are some of you today that are really struggling to be thankful for what's happening to you right now. And I just want to encourage you today that maybe this week would be a week that you could be thankful for what he's done for you up to this point. Thankful for the promise that he's with you. And he'll never leave you. And he'll never forsake you. And he was the same yesterday in the lion's den as he is today. And he will be tomorrow. And if you have placed your faith and your life in his hands, listen, he's adopted you into his family. You're a child of the king. There's no greater honor, there's no greater place than to be a, a child of the king. And he's washed you and he's cleansed you and he's made you his. And he's worthy of our praise. He's wor worthy of all glory. And not just that, but that's God's will for your life. People often will say to me, you know, I, I just don't know what God's will is for my life right now. I, I, I don't know what God's plan is or God's will is. And if that's where you're at today, I, I want to just point it out to you before we go. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, and say not, it doesn't just say the good ones. It says in all circumstances, for this is what? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And a lot of people are running in and out of churches today, continuing to wonder what God's will is for their lives. And I can't tell you where God may want you to move. I can't tell you what job God might have you to take. I, I can't tell you who to date or, or who to marry. I don't know about all that, but here's what I do know God's will for your life is. It's that you give Him praise and that you give Him thanks. So this week, that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me. That it wouldn't just be a week of thanksgiving, but it would become something that we do because we've always done it. That we will praise Him and we will worship Him and we'll be thankful people just like we always have been. And we'll pass that on to our kids and our grandkids because it's through the praise, it's through the thanksgiving that we find the joy that we all long to have. And so I pray this week that you have a very special Thanksgiving week uh, with whoever it may be that you spend that with. Uh, this week and brother Travis if you want to make the way out to the lobby this morning if you'd like to make a donation to the Gideons have any questions uh, about Gideons International I know that that uh, brother Travis would love to speak with you about that on your way out let me pray for you this morning God we love you so much thank you for this wonderful reminder today of how much you love us thank you for giving us a, a picture of what you would love to see us do more. I, just this, this picture of what is, what's, what's most important to you about the way we live our lives. And that's that we praise you and worship you and are, are thankful to you and bring you glory. Because we know that if we will be people 
to you and they'll see you perhaps through our worship and our thankfulness, God, then, then they would maybe come to know you and, and experience you as well and, and, and want to have a relationship with you. So I just pray as we leave this place that, that we would be different than the world, that we would be people that would be quick to point out what a good God it is that we serve. What a good God it is that chose to adopt us into his family and, and to make us whole and to make us new again. And, and so, God, I just pray that we would be a people that would be known for our praise and for our joy. And so we thank, we're thankful that we have that in and through you today. And we're thankful for this reminder through your word today of what uh, you would have us to do in our lives and, and, and how you would have us to respond and react to situations in life. And so we're thankful for that today. I just pray that your spirit would do a work that only you could do and that uh, you would receive all the glory and honor that you deserve in and through that. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you all. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. My life.